Hey, church family, you ready? We're going to get into the Word again tonight. Last week, I started a series on the fulfillment, why we know that we can believe in Christmas, why we know that we can believe that Jesus Christ is truly the Son of God. Some people need proof, and you know what? I need a proof. We all need a proof to know that we know that we know that what we're believing is truly the gospel. And I want to continue that tonight by continuing to look at prophecies. Again, as I brought out, just eight of the prophecies of the Bible being fulfilled in this one man is humanly impossible. It, it, it can't be done. That's why these people that go to schools and all that, they should look at, at, look at that and look at the odds of, of this happening. You know, they try to put, yeah, but man wrote that. They wrote it after the fact, yada, 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 yada. No, the Bible is inspired by God, by the Holy Spirit. Amen, amen. So let's have a word of prayer as we get into it tonight. I want to try to cover all the rest of them. Last week, we just covered one, <laughs> one. Father, we do bless you for this evening, and thank you again for this blessed opportunity to share the word of God and that it goes out on these airwaves as we share it, Lord. It continues to go out, and it continues to go out, and it continues to go out, even weeks and months from now. I thank you for your word. It never returns void. Your word is living. Your word is our Jesus, and I thank you. Thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So this is why we celebrate Christmas, because of what the word of God tells us. Last week, the first prophecy I looked at was the most important one, and that was found in Genesis chapter 3, 15. And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. So this is the first prophecy that God has given the human race. He is basically saying, I will give a seed. The seed will be in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. All things were made by him, and without him was nothing made that was made. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And then Peter says that the seed, that the word is an incorruptible seed. So we understand here that the word of God, this seed, is now producing in Mary. Not the seed of Joseph, not the seed of a man, but the seed of the spotless, the, the holy, the perfect, almighty God. Do you, do you understand what I'm trying to say this evening? When we understand that, of how powerful this is, it shows how our redemption is so powerful. And it says here, he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heels. And this is talking about Jesus destroying the authority of Satan and also Satan bruising Jesus' heel. Amen. Last week, we spent just about the entire evening on this verse the fulfillment of that was Matthew chapter 1, verse 20 and 21. And the middle part therefore says, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. So now let's go back to the Old Testament and let's go see the scripture, the prophecy, and then the fulfillment of it. Would you turn with me to Micah chapter 5? Micah chapter 5. This is going to talk about where this person is going to be born. This could have said he'd be born in Rome, he'd be born in Jerusalem, be born in, in Patterson, New Jersey. He could have said anything here, 
but it picks this one specific place. And look what it says here, Micah 5.2. But you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, though you are little among the thousands of Judah, God chooses the foolish things in this world to confound the wise. He chose, oh, little town of Bethlehem. He chose the little place that what? Watch what the rest of the verse says. Yet out of you shall come forth to me, the one to be ruler in Israel. And here's the clue. You ready? Whose going forth are from old and from everlasting. In other words, he always was and always will be. Yes, I know our little puny brains can't fully understand how can something have no beginning because we think of beginning. You know, I was born on December 30th, 1958. I'm going to be 65 years old in a couple days, and we all have these specific days and times that we were born. But Jesus, now let me say it right, Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Christ is the eternal one. He is the one that had no beginning or end. Do you understand what I mean by that? That is what we call the incarnation. God and man becoming one. God, Christ, Jesus, humanity, man becoming one. Oh my, oh yes, I know. Our little brains are going, what? Listen, let's just accept the word of God, that there is a God almighty who made the universe, who made the atom, who made the ocean, who made the weather system, who made us, who knew us while we were in our mother's womb, on and on, and he loves us. He loves us. I brought out last week, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only unique son. Amen, church family. We are loved. We are special. We are special to almighty God. So let's see the fulfillment of that scripture. I'm going to read the Christmas story to you. We read this with our grandchildren every, week, every year. You can find it on Charlie Brown, the Christmas story, right? Luke chapter 2, beginning with verse 1. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census first took place while Carius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own town. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called, come on, write it there, Bethlehem, Bethlehem. I shared on uh, I the week before how sad it is that in Bethlehem this year, there were no big parades. There were no big shouting and enjoying the uh, the place that Jesus was born, the, the church of the nativity. How sad because of this dumb war by Hamas and what they did and how they came in and killed 1,400 people and took hostages and on and on. Evil people were glad what Israel is doing. We stand with Israel, amen? To the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed or engaged wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be to, for her to be delivered, 
And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room in the end. What a fulfillment of scripture to think that our Savior was born in a little manger like that. Uh -uh. You know, you think about it. My brother-in-law is a farmer. So when I go visit him, I, a lot of times I go out and see the cows, the calves, the way they farm. And one thing there's a lot of is manure. It's all over the place. They got to scrape it a few times a day and move it out of there. So you know that this manger had manure in there, probably had a smell in there. But Jesus Christ, as John the Baptist said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, this Lamb of God became our Lamb of God. He was born of a virgin. He was born in Bethlehem, and he was born for you, and he was born for me. Amen, church family. It's so beautiful when we see the prophecy and then we see the fulfillment that there is no chance, one with 17 zeros after it, that's the possibility of eight scriptures being fulfilled about this one man. The next one I want to look at, number three, is found in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. So let's look at the prophecy first, then we'll look at the fulfillment. Therefore, the Lord himself, Isaiah 7, 14, will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and you shall call his name Emmanuel. The virgin shall conceive and bear a son. I, you know, I, I, I try to picture what happened on that day when this gorgeous angel, Gabriel, comes up to Mary and basically is saying, this is my interpretation, would you be willing to bear the Son of God? Can you imagine that? And this young girl, who knows, 15, 16, 14, I don't know how old she was. And she says, how can this be? I've never laid with a man. I've, I've never had intimacy with a man. And the angel said that the Holy Ghost will come upon you. And this child will be called Son, the Son of the Most High God. That Mary was chosen out of, let's say, let's say there was 3 million people in Israel. I don't know what the number was, but let's just say that number. Out of the 1,500,000 young ladies, she is chosen by Almighty God. She must have been a special young lady. She must have had a special life. That, that God would choose her. Listen, there is only one virgin birth, and that's Jesus Christ through this Mary. There will not be another one, never, never, never. Even with all the cuckoo-ness that our world is in right now, there will not be another virgin birth. Amen. Talk about Joseph for a moment. I shared this a couple weeks ago, and it's, it's, it's worth repeating about Joseph. We often hear so much about Mary during the Christmas season. But what about Joseph? When we stop to consider what he went through, we cannot help but feel admiration for this man, a person often, often overlooked. Joseph was engaged to be married when his fiancée turned up pregnant, hmm. claiming that the Holy Spirit had caused her pregnancy. Can you imagine that one? Put yourself in Joseph's shoes just for a moment, here's a guy excited. He's going to get married, a celebration, the bridegroom, the bride. 
their honeymoon night and the honeymoon week and on and on and a family and on and on. Joe, I'm pregnant. Joe knew it wasn't from him. But Joe, let me tell you a story. God spoke to me. An angel appeared to me and said, I'm going to bear the, this child, the most high God. Wow. Then this little devotion went on. Then Joseph traveled 90 miles to take a very pregnant wife from Nazareth to Bethlehem. Can you imagine that? 90 miles on a, on a, a donkey. I just, I, I, the ways of God are just beyond us, church family. Why didn't he go there, get a hovercraft, and say, hey, I'm bringing my child into this world in class. I'll make him, I'll, I'll translate it from here to there. No, they traveled 90 miles. I can't imagine even the expense of that. No wonder that she could only offer the doves as a sacrifice for the circumcision, right? Finally, when the Spirit of the Lord woke him up and told him, take Mary and Jesus to Egypt, he went. Though through it all, Joseph was obedient. Church family, he sure was. Let's give that guy some credit also. Amen. I guarantee they both went through a lot of ridicule of what's going on. You couldn't wait until your wedding night. Don't you know you were betrothed to her? On and on. But he kept her pure, had no sex with her until they got married, until the baby was born. And then afterwards, they had a good-sized family. So, we, you know, again, as I said a couple weeks ago, we don't know much about Joseph, but we know Mary had, had a bunch of kids. So if she had a bunch of kids, that means Joseph was around for a bunch of time. Amen. Amen, amen. Let's look at the fulfillment now of it. It's found in Luke chapter 1, starting with verse 26. Luke 1, 26. Now in the sixth month, the angel, angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. When she saw him, she was troubled at his saving and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb. You will bring forth a son. What did the prophecy say? Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and you shall call his name Emmanuel. He will be called uh, son. You shall call his name Jesus. Oh, what a beautiful name. <laughs> He'll be great. He'll be called son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived the son in her old age, but not a virgin son. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Then listen to Mary. Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, 
let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Did you get that? Mary very humbly just said, here I am, Lord, use me. Have you committed your life to God that way? Have you said, Lord, here I am, use me. Do what you want in me, Lord. Take my life, use my life. Lord, I want to be all you want me to be. I've prayed that so many times. And yes, my flesh gets in the way. And yes, distractions get in the way. And yes, my mind gets in the way. But my heart, oh, I want to know God. I want to live for God. I want to do whatever he wants me to do until he calls me home. Amen, church family. That should be our heart. We should be like Mary. We should be like Joseph, that once he was told that this child was from Almighty God, he gave his all. He did it all for God. He was obedient to take him to Egypt. He was obedient to live a life for Almighty God, pleasing God, to have no sex with his wife during her entire pregnancy. What, what a man of God. What a woman of God. I'm looking forward to meeting them. We're probably going to walk one day in the streets of gold, and there'll be my Rebecca and other friends and family members and say, oh, that's where Joseph lives. That's where Mary lives. Oh, that's where, that's where, that's where. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. Amen. All right, so he's born of a virgin. Number four. His name shall be called Emmanuel. Say that with me. Emmanuel. What a beautiful word, right? Let's see how this is fulfilled. Isaiah 7, 14. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive a bear a son, and you shall call his name, say it, Emmanuel. Emmanuel. You want to type it out? Here it is. I M M A. N-U-E-L. That's our Emmanuel. And let's see what it means. Let's go to the fulfillment of it. Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1. I'll let you give you a minute to turn there and give myself a chance to swallow. Beginning with verse 20. But while he, Joseph, thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit, and she will bring forth the Son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, Emmanuel, which is translated, come on, type it out, God with us. Woohoo! I love it. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, took him his wife, and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Did you get that? He did not know her. He didn't have intimacy with her during this entire pregnancy, during this entire nine months. But after the baby was circumcised, the purification that the Jewish people had, he had, they had a good, they had a quiver full of children, the blessing of the Lord for Jewish people and for us also. Amen, amen. Let's look at number five. Number five. 
Jesus, he shall be called the Son of God. This is the prophecy of this one. This is found in Psalm chapter 2, verse 7. He shall be called the Son of God. I will declare the decree the Lord had said to me, you are my son, today I have begotten you. He shall be called the Son of God. Again, I don't fully understand how the sonship and all that works out, but we have God the Father, we have God the Son, and we have God the Holy Spirit, and I believe with all my heart there is God the Father, Abba, there is God the Son, Jesus, <coughs> I should have done that so loud. There is God, the Holy Spirit, our Holy Spirit, our helper, our paracletos, the one that helps us through it all. Amen. Let's look at the fulfillment of this scripture. Would you turn with me to Matthew chapter 6? Excuse me, Matthew chapter 3 and verse 16. Matthew 3 and verse 16. When he had been baptized, speaking of Jesus, Jesus came up immediately from the water. And behold, the heavens were open to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove. And he alighted upon him, or he came upon him. Isn't that a precious how the Holy Spirit appears as a dove? God is gentle with us. Remember the Bible says God wasn't in the earthquake. He wasn't in the strong wind but he was in that still, small voice. I think too many times we long for the supernatural, the spectacular, and God moves very, very, like a dove, very softly, amen? And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, this is my beloved son and whom I am well pleased. He shall be called the son of God. There it is again, another fulfillment of Scripture. He shall be called the Son of God. This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. If God is pleased in Jesus, I'm very pleased in Jesus. He is my Emmanuel. He is the one that was born of a virgin. He is the one, my great I am, for God so loved the world. My gift that he gave is one and only unique Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That is our God. That is our Savior. That is our Lord. Number six, he will flee to Egypt. Here's the prophecy. He will flee to Egypt. Of all places to go, right? We'll flee to Egypt. How do you get a prophecy like this fulfilled? Well, let's find out. Hosea 11.1, 1, when Israel was my child, I loved him, and out of Egypt, I called my son. I can just imagine the scribes and all trying to figure this one out. Out of Egypt, he's supposed to be born in Bethlehem. He's a Nazarite from the, at the city of Nazareth, but yet he's going to be called out of Egypt, I will call my son. Interesting. Let's see the fulfillment of this one. Would you turn with me to Matthew chapter 2, and we'll begin with verse 14. Matthew 2 and verse 14. When he arose, Joseph, he took the young child and his mother by night and he departed for Egypt. And when 
there and when there was until and was there until the death of Herod that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet saying out of Egypt I call my son church family you can't make this stuff up you can't just put all these pieces together again there is more written about Jesus Christ proof of his birth proof of his death proof of his resurrection than we have of George Washington then we have of Julius Caesar, on and on. Oh, we're in good company when we hold true to this. They say there are over 300, uh, 300 prophecies concerning the Messiah to come, and they were all fulfilled by this one man. The odds are more than every grain of sand on this earth. Amen? That's our Jesus. As we start pulling this all together now, the Bible uses more than 300 names and titles to, de to describe Jesus. And Jesus can no more be contained in these names and titles than we can contain the entire ocean in a, Bible, in a bottle. Totally impossible. It's because he is the son of God. Let me give you a few of them. Are you ready? No chance you can write them down. Maybe you can go to the uh, transcript afterward and look at it. But here we go. Lamb of God, man of sorrow, prince of peace, good shepherd, mighty God, bright and morning star, day star, rock, judge, bread of life, king of kings, teacher, light of the world, servant, and the only way to heaven. He is our prophet, our priest, our king. He is our master the bridegroom, the good shepherd. He is the Holy One of God. He is Emmanuel, God with us, and his name is Jesus. Again, Isaiah 9, 6, and 7. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulders. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. Prince of peace, of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from this time forward, even forever, the seal of the Lord of hosts will perform it. Maranatha, come Lord Jesus, come. So I've given you some of the prophecies that prove our Savior. And if you're not saved, I pray that you look up these prophecies and so many more. Just type in on Google or whatever you use there, prophecies of, of Jesus Christ and prophecies of his fulfillment. And you'll see that there are hundreds of them because why? He is truly the son of God. He is my lamb of God. He is my savior. He is the one that I believe for eternal life. And as John promised us, this is the promise that he has promised us eternal life. And as that guy said on Lord of the Ring, a promise is a promise and God is not a man that he should lie. So a promise is a promise. We have eternal life, but you only have eternal life by accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And I pray that you have already, but if you have not, would you please take a few moments and listen to me as I share with you the simplicity of being born again. We call it the ABCs of salvation. 
and it's simple. I want you to hear them, and I want you to see the scripture that stands with them, that you can know, that you know, that you know, that you know, that because of what Jesus Christ has done, he has made a door wide open that you can have eternal life. So these are the ABCs of salvation. A, admit that you're a sinner. Acknowledge in your own heart that I have sinned, that I'm not worthy of a holy God. But as the scripture says, and I'll share it with you in a minute, but as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. That is Romans 3.10. None of us are righteous. None of us deserve heaven. None of us on our own merits can get heaven. But God, but God, he gives it to us again, but God. And then Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We've all sinned. We've all made mistakes. But because of God, we could have eternal life. But I fell short of the glory of God. I believe in some way this is what the clothes that Adam and Eve wear because it says that we fall short of it. So at one time, we must have had it. Amen? B, we, we need to believe that Jesus died for our sins. It says in, in Romans 5, 8, for God demonstrated his own love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He died while I was still, still a sinner, not when I got my whole act together. Just receive his grace. He loves you. He loves you. And then in Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the, free, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that wonderful? And it's all because of Jesus Christ and all that he has done. Not my own merits, not my own goodness, not what I've done, for it's by grace that I am saved through faith, that none of myself, it's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And number three, is call upon the name of the Lord, A, B, C. Admit that you have sinned, that you're a sinner. B, believe that Jesus died for your sins. And C, call upon the name of the Lord. Again, as I just read Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, none of us are saved on our own merits. If you think you're saved on your own merits, you got a devastating day ahead of you because God will not accept you by your merits. He'll only accept you by the merits of his son. Here's what it says. In Romans 10, 9, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. You see how simple it is? If I confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead, <coughs> I shall be saved. Whoever calls, as it says in Romans 10, 13, Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So I'd like to ask you tonight, would you like to call on that name? Would you like to pray the ABCs of salvation? If you would, say this with me. My dear God in heaven, I admit tonight that I am a sinner in need of a Savior. My dear God in heaven, I believe tonight that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that he died on the cross that he rose on the third day. My dear God in heaven, I confess tonight that I accept Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior, and I thank you tonight for eternal life, for this is the promise that you have promised me, eternal life. 
I have repented of my sins, and now I am born again. Thank you for the simplicity of the gospel. Thank you that because of Jesus Christ, I am born again in Jesus' name. Oh, precious people of God, if you did that tonight, please, please, number one, let us know. Let us know. And please let others know. Share it. Let them know I've accepted Jesus. I prayed the ABCs of salvation. I've asked them into my heart. Let others know. Because Jesus said, if you'll confess me before men, I'll confess you before my heavenly Father. Amen, church family. Right there on the screen is a way of letting us know. But again, share the good news. Let others know that I am saved because of Jesus Christ and him alone. For there is salvation in no other name but the name of Jesus. Amen. Hey, God is good. Thank you for joining with me all year long as we have just had a time together online. You know, church family, God's got so much more in store for us for 2024. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be great. Maybe that trumpet will be sounding soon. Maybe we won't get into 224. Maybe we will. I don't know. Only he knows. Let me bless you as we wrap up tonight. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his shalom. Father, I pray a blessing upon each and every person here. And I pray that 2024 will be so much greater than 2023. And if 2023 was great already, so much greater, your blessings upon your people. I bless them tonight. We bless you tonight. Mwah! We love you, Lord. Thank you for all that Jesus has done and is doing for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. God bless you. If I don't see you on the 31st at church, Happy New Year to you and your family. But I hope to see you 9 and 11, New Year's Eve. God bless.